0: John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at the Eagle Community Church of Christ here in Mont Bellevue, Texas. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We're excited that you would want to listen here, and we want to invite you to our church. Anytime you get a chance, you can check us out online at eaglechurchofchrist.com, or you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Christ. Uh, this week, today, we finish up our series on rest, rest part three, and my buddy Paul says, the rest of the story. Thank you, Paul Harvey. So today we finish up on, a, on the series of rest and we talk about making rest and other things uh, as a part of your rhythm of life. We focus in on rules of life and what that is and may be new to you. I think you'll enjoy it. Thanks again for listening. Come see us. Good morning once again. Uh, Again, it's good to see you and uh, uh, just to be able to be here and worship with you uh, all the many blessings that we um, continually have poured out on us. I love the prayer this morning, uh, how many things we just kind of overlook as blessings in our life. Um, I remember the first time I visited a, uh, a homeless encampment for a long time after that, every time I took a hot shower, I thought about the people out there who only had a creek um, and so there's so many things that, that we are blessed with, and uh, just being here right now in the middle of a pandemic uh, where we have the, uh, the blessing of health is just a huge thing, is it not, church? So I'm glad that, that you're all able to be here this morning. Uh, we finish our, our sermon series on rest today, so rest uh, part three, thank you, Paul, the rest of the story. The problem was, Paul pitched this to me last week, and I said, you know what? I have been around you enough now that I'd already had the thought. Uh, I'd already had enough text messages of different puns and things like that. And so, so the rest of the story. So for the last couple of weeks, we have talked about the importance of getting rest. Some of you needed that. Some of you didn't. I've had some people come and say, I do rest very well. Uh, I've scheduled it. You know, I've, I've made it. I've uh, seen the importance, and I've done it. Some of you have said, I don't know how to rest, or you pointed at your significant other or somebody else in your family or things like that, or are pointing now, uh, for that matter. Um, but we're, we're all in different places on this, but as we've talked about over the last few weeks, our culture is one of kind of pushing us to work hard, right? Uh, I'm sure I don't have to explain that to you. You've all seen it. We, uh, we even say it when we uh, when somebody greets us, when we talk about, hey, how you doing? Well, I am busy, right? Uh, and he, we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, even having work is a part of our identity. You remember the quote that talked about, you know, how much uh, if our identity is tied up in our work, when you cease to work, you cease to exist. And so uh, when, when you talk about, hey, this is who I am, my name is John, and I am a, you know, fill in the blank, and that is part of my identity, It even gets into some of our other language. So I've preached on this two weeks in a row. And this very week, I had a conversation around the dinner table with my boys. And we were talking about when they grow up. And what do you ask kids? What do you want to be? Identity, right? That's who you are, right? And so so even though I had preached on this two weeks in a row, talked about identity and some of our unhealthy ways that we tie our identity into our work, I sat down and asked an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, you know, who do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? Again, tying that, even just subconsciously, tying that identity of who you are into what you do. And I think as Christians, our identity shouldn't be in all of that. That's a part of who we are, but our main identity should be in Jesus Christ and us as following Jesus as Christians. And so we've talked for the last couple of weeks about that, and I hope it's been helpful for you as we've kind of uh, looked at that relationship and again it's it's one of a healthy balance like so many things because often what we do is we pit rest against work and we say well you know uh work is good well of course it's good so so rest means laziness in our minds sometimes no no it doesn't rest is good is it not uh everybody sleep some this week uh that kind of helped you didn't nobody tried to go 7 days in a row right both my boys love playing video games and Evan is kind of a night owl like I am. I've always been wired just like I I can get more done in the evening. I don't know why that is. Drives Katie nuts, by the way. Uh, But uh, I I can do that. And Evan's kind of like me. And he's like, I will just stay up a couple days in a row. We lost our slideshow. Okay, there we go. Um, He said, I'll just stay up a couple of days in a row playing video games. I said, listen, people have actually died playing long stretches like being up three, four days you know, playing video games, because your body needs that rest. And especially if you have some kind of underlying condition you don't know about, you can just kill over playing video games. So not, not out, you know, chopping wood for three or four days in a row, but just being up. Your body needs rest. So rest is good. So it's an unhealthy thing to kind of see rest only as like a laziness and see only work as good, because you need the healthy balance between the two. You need to be able to work. That's a good thing. Scripture says it's a good thing. You also need to be able to rest, also a good thing. So rest, did you do it? How many of you took four hours this week intentionally, not fell into it accidentally, intentionally took four hours of rest this week? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Fantastic. So we had six total last week between two services. Uh, so we've got nine in one service today. Fantastic. Um, I, I received some messages this week about unexpected benefits from that rest. Anybody get a benefit from that rest? Okay. Uh, someone texted me and said the next day after, after intentionally resting, I had like a whole lot of energy. Um, now, that's not news to us, right, that that happens. It's kind of like uh, we've talked about exercise, how many of you? You know, I am too tired to exercise. And that time you force yourself to exercise, you get done. You're like, where would all this energy come from? Right? Like I did what we know we're supposed to do. I felt too tired to do it beforehand. Or if you're resting, maybe I felt too busy. And then once you get done with that, you do it. You see immediate benefits. It's like, how did I go on without doing this? Uh, when when we were uh, when I was in IT, I remember very very vividly uh, on Wednesday night one time. Uh, Katie asked, hey, are we going tonight? You know, we've been busy uh, throughout the week. And I said, well, yeah, I guess we need to. You know, it's kind of one of those uh, John wasn't super excited about going. I was really tired. I'd I'd really just like to kind of decompress. I drove a lot. I drove to different banks doing their IT stuff. And uh, uh, so what I told her was, yeah, we're going, but we're going to leave quick. Do not say that before the Lord. (laughs) Because I promise you, I said that a few times, and I quit. Because if I said that, I promise you we were gonna be the last ones as they locked the doors, we were gonna be the last ones out. But also what happened every time where it was like a, I don't know if I want to, I'm kind of too tired, I don't, I don't really wanna go, you know. I just kind of wanna sit here in this comfy recliner. Every time I did that. I received some kind of blessing from being there. You know, I heard something I needed to hear. Maybe I sang songs that kind of uplifted me and helped me in worship and praise. Uh, And every time I got done with that service and went home and thought, man, I would have missed out on a huge blessing if I would have just left out of that, if I wouldn't have gone. I didn't think I had the energy to do it, but once I did it, I thought, man, how could I run this week without it? And so I hope that for many of you, as you rested this week, as you put aside four hours, A, I hope that you continue to do it, even though we're not going to preach on rest every week. I'm not going to ask you every week. Uh, but I hope you got an immediate benefit. I hope you saw that. Um, so easily, we can, we can do things like this, and we can see the benefit, and we can kind of get excited, just like exercise. Hey, man, I, I like this. I like this feeling. And then how quickly do we fall off? Same uh, same thing for us with uh, going to a good marriage retreat. We think, man, our young families, we got to do this every year because this helped my marriage. It kind of focused us, kind of gave me an energy, and then you realize five years later we haven't done it again. Uh, same thing with all kinds of church activities. You know, uh, we do that we think, man, we got to do it, and then life happens. Well, again, another quote from the last couple of weeks that if you want rest, you have to intentionally take it because the world is trying to get that from you. It's trying to steal your rest from you. So you have to intentionally do it, just like everything else, whether it's physical exercise or going on a marriage retreat. You have to intentionally block off the time to do it. Today I want to uh, look at look at a passage from Exodus 20. We've kind of uh, quoted uh, this in a, a different slide. Uh, but from Exodus 20, verses 8 and 9, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And so what I think we see here in Exodus 20 is is God setting up kind of this rhythm. Anybody know what a rhythm is? So we've got six days and the seventh you shall rest, okay? So you're setting up a rhythm. Let's talk about what a rhythm is. Rhythm is an intentional flow to your days. Anybody have an intentional flow to your day? Uh, You probably do whether or not it's structured so tightly that, you know, everybody knows all the time, Uh, but you have an intentional flow to your day. Most of you are going to get up in the morning. You're probably going to have some breakfast. You're going to get ready. You're going to do that, right? And so rhythm can be any of those things, but it can also be, hey, I need to schedule time for something like rest. And so uh, as we talk about rest part three today, we're going to talk about kind of that rhythm of rest. Uh, somebody texted me this past Monday or Tuesday and, and was talking about the benefits they got from rest. And uh, what I said to them is that when you will really see a benefit, even more so from rest, is when it becomes a part of your weekly rhythm. So uh, for a lot of you, it might have been hard to schedule rest uh, especially four hours uh, in the past couple of weeks, right? So you have packed schedules, and that was a foreign concept. We could actually schedule rest, yeah. Well, when you really see the benefit is when that becomes a part of your scheduled rhythm or routine. And so I, I've shared with you guys that, that my uh, part of my rhythm each week is to, when I get done Sunday preaching, I'll go have lunch, might watch just a little bit of TV, and then it is rest. We don't have a discussion about it. There's no, hey, are we going to do this today? It is part of our life. It is part of our rhythm. We don't have to explain it to the kids. The kids already know. We've laid the groundwork. Don't go outside. Don't let anybody inside. You know, that kind of thing. And if they want to rest, they can rest as well. But rest for them right now, of course, is uh, let's get a screen in front of us. So they get a screen and we rest. Well, we've got some of you just thought, oh no, there un- un- unfiltered screens. No, we have we have settings on those and everything. But as a big benefit for us as a family is that is part of our routine, part of our rhythm. And so it's an intentional part, an intentional flow to our days. Another part about uh, these rhythms, rhythms gives the day structure and helps you direct and accomplish daily and weekly tasks. Now, how many of you are task-oriented. Uh, I need a list every day. Anybody structured like that? Got, got some that are? Um, I'm not there yet. I had a professor, uh, Dr. Monty Cox at Harding, that he lives by those things. Uh, he loved, he, he would just explain it, and, and it sounded exciting, you know. I love when I get to check off the the checkbox, and so if you're structured like that, like, that feels good to you. Like, you didn't even just do it, but you heard me talk about it, and you kind of got excited. Like, oh, man, <laughs> I can do that later. Uh, but some of you know, it doesn't have to be that structured, but it's an idea that, hey, during this time, this is kind of what we're going to do, and that's just a part of it. So, uh, because we intentionally structure our weeks like this, we are able to get things done uh, because, like we've talked about, it's kind of hard to fall into a lot of things, right? It's kind of hard for me to accidentally, you know, get in shape in the next couple of weeks, Right? I mean, I got to intentionally focus on, all right, I need to go to the gym. I need to eat healthy. I need to plan my meals. You know, I need to do all of these things. It's hard to kind of fall into different things, especially healthy habits, and this is one of them. All right, and uh, number three here, rhythms can be for days, weeks, months, years, or life. So we have a rhythm of what we do in a day. We, you probably have a rhythm or some rhythms that you do every week, every month. Even every year, you you get to some holidays, you know what you're doing, right? It's a rhythm you have set up. Uh, You get some parts of the year, same thing. Some uh, parts of months, yeah, we're going to do this. And we know this already, but I I want you thinking about, all right, well, a lot of what we do is already kind of in place. Well, how can we help those things? And what I want to focus on right now is uh, those rhythms of life. Uh, Another word, and I don't know if you've ever heard this before, is a rule of life. Okay, so what I'm going to do in a rule of life is I'm going to sit down and I'm going to, again, intentionally write down some things to focus on what I need to do. All right, what you see right there is from Peter Scazzaro, uh, his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. He's got a kind of a line of these books now, uh, really good books, but his rule of life uh, definition here is an intentional conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything we do. Is that a good thing, church? Yes. Okay? Again, you don't fall into this a lot. Of, some of you may be wired that, man, all the time I'm thinking about how do I keep God at the center? Uh, for a lot of us, our lives are so busy, you know, we kind of get to Sunday and we think, man, I didn't read the Bible like I wanted to. I didn't pray like I wanted to, right? We're there. I didn't get all the things done I wanted to. I didn't. I didn't feel like I grew closer to God but here in a rule of life, I'm going to write down, I want to intentionally have God at the center of everything I do. And he says, the starting point and foundation of any rule is a desire to be with God and to love him. Well, what is that not? That is not a focus on other things, right? Attaining other things. The focus of my life as a Christian means God, right? It means that I need to focus on God and my desire to be with God and to love Him. I should have said this earlier, but if you're a, a note taker, this is the time because we're going to have a big list in a minute. Or if you're an engineer, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, you, you see those uh, you see those engineers when I started out in computer engineering, way too much math, by the way. Um, and those people, uh, if you're if you're geared that way, love a good list, love a good uh, bullet point. Give it to me like that, and so. Uh, This is your day. You guys shine today. All right, elements to a rule of life. So we're going to explain this to you. Uh, And this is quite lengthy, uh, but we'll explain each part. Number one is Scripture. Again, the idea that each week, uh, how many of us, you know, you could teach a Bible class, but you don't feel like I know enough. You don't have to raise your hand. Um, But I've been in church a long time. And that's the biggest like concern for all of us. And what I've shared with you is even even I have a master's degree now, and I still don't know it all. Uh, you might think I think I do. I do not. Uh, but but you still have to continue studying, don't you? And so part of our problem is we don't get into Scripture enough. I've shared with you uh, every uh, incoming class at Harding has a lower entrance exam score. We're not reading enough Scripture. So a good rule of life as we see God at the center of uh, our lives and our desire to be closer to him, number one, if I'm going to write a rule of life, A, I'm going to start with, all right, when am I going to do some scripture reading this week? All right, so number one is scripture. Number two is silence and solitude. How many of you just got scared when I said silence and solitude? I don't think we do this very well. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, last time we met on Wednesday night here, I talked about how... Uh, even when we ask questions, if we were going to have a Bible study right now and I was going to ask you a question, one of, the, one of the ways I can get you to talk is for me to shut up. Because for a lot of you, you start feeling like real cringy. Like, oh, I, like I feel bad for John. Nobody's answering. By the way, John's okay with it. John can wait because John's done this before. But, but like you feel, some people like really feel the tension in the room, And so just being quiet for a little bit, somebody's going to speak up. Uh, One of the things I did at my my last church, I was, I think the first time I did it, I was leading singing. And right after communion, kind of like we do, uh, we have the kids' exit. We had a uh, kids' offering. Y'all ever done one of those before? So we had a big metal bucket, like one you'd find on the farm. And so they had change, and we had a ton of kids. And so right after the adult offering... We were going to sing a song. Every kid was going to throw money in that bucket. The loudest thing you will hear, you know, in a church of Christ, you know, the closest thing to music. Uh, But uh, uh, when they got done, I I was sitting down and I said, okay, we're just going to take a couple of minutes and be silent. Like this. Because how many of us have silence in your week? Like like knowing it's okay to just be quiet and be still for a minute. Just rest. Now, I think parents were the most appreciative of this because they really don't get that, you know. But to just sit before the Lord, just kind of like we've been talking about rest, and to be quiet and just exist. And so I, I did this on a Wednesday night uh, talking about the rule of life, uh, a rule of life. And so I said, what we're going to do is we're going to take five minutes, and I gave them some instructions, you know, how to kind of focus your, your thoughts. Think about, you know, uh, a blessing God has given you. And anytime you go, your mind goes to what I need to get done or whatever, come back to that initial thought. And the first time I did it, people were like, man, that was awkward. But then I started getting messages. You know what, the first time I thought that was pretty awkward, but... Ever since then, I'm like, I need to do this like daily. Just for five, I mean, five minutes makes a big difference that I'm just gonna take the next five minutes, I'm gonna be quiet before God. And there's something about it. There's something about it that kind of changes uh, changes your the way you feel because we are, we are bombarded. Remember when I talked about all the marketing we're exposed to, all of the cultural influence that just come at us all the time every day and for us, for just to just to focus on God for five minutes and just be quiet, uh, don't even have to read Scripture. Just sit before the Lord. But it's important to uh, in a rule of life to say, "Hey, when when can I do this? When can I just sit before God and be quiet, silence and solitude?" Number three. Daily office. Now this is interesting. This is a a kind of uh, a kind of prayer. There is a um, there is a book by Phyllis Tickle. Uh, Yeah, that's her name. Uh, But basically, it is a book of daily prayer where you have different times of the day uh, where you can read different prayers, you can read different scriptures, parts of songs. Uh, Kind of focuses your mind on, again, back to God, God as the center. Now, I want you to compare that to every day what is going through your mind all day. We're kind of all over the place, aren't we? I love the meme. If you're on Facebook, you've probably seen it. I love the meme of uh the man and the woman uh laying in bed and she's looking at him, thinking, oh, he's probably thinking about, and it's probably another woman or something, and he's thinking about something that happened in a Marvel movie, or you know, he's all he's over somewhere else. Kind of like men and women are, right? But but our minds are so like like scattered so many times that this is a way to focus. Hey, I'm gonna focus on a time of prayer or reading something that directs um, my thoughts in this moment. So, uh, number one, Scripture. Number two, silence and solitude. Number three, daily office, where I am just focused on, uh, on that, on prayer. Number four, on study. All right? So, what's different from number one and number four? You're seeing an example of it right now. Whose name's at the bottom of that? Peter Scazzaro. This is study about some of the concepts we find within Scripture, right? That we know we need to read. We know from reading Scripture we need to rest. That God created the world, and he said, even I rested on the seventh day. You are going to rest as well. And so we're we're taking study from Scripture. So it's a time to, again, advance, like grow closer to God in studying different things. Now, most of us don't do this. We don't even know where to begin. If you need help with that, let me know. I'll help you. Uh, This is one of the things when I decided to go from IT, go back to school and get another bachelor's, which sounded horrible, Uh, but I I didn't feel like I had time for this. And I understand, (laughs) uh, as your minister, how busy our days are. If you're working a full-time job, how little time you have for these kind of things. I understand it. I went back to school because of it. Um, and and got a huge blessing from it, but just a little bit of study that I want to focus on a topic. I want to focus on, um, there's a certain scripture I read earlier in the day, just to make time that I want to study a little more broadly and a little more deeply to kind of deepen the well uh, from uh, what what I'm encountering in scripture. Number five you should recognize is Sabbath. To intentionally take the time to have some rest that you have, a few of you have done this week, Uh, But again, this is on the list because this needs to be a part of your weekly rhythm, that I am going to have some rest. Now, rest does include when you sleep. I've just asked you to take some intentional time aside from that. But to have time, again, before God, and we've talked about all the reasons why, to have God as the focus. uh, To, for a few hours, quit thinking we're in charge of everything or we're in control of everything like we do. A lot of our work is because, A, we're we're identifying with it, or we feel like we're in control, so we have to manage it. Um, And so uh, to have some time dedicated to Sabbath, dedicated rest. Number six, simplicity. How many of you would describe your life like that? Just pure simplicity. Chase would. That's good. So many of us have so many things going on that our lives can't be simple. Simplicity, example of simplicity is just focusing on less things. If you have a bunch of hobbies, maybe you need to focus on a few. Why? Because I hate hobbies? No. To make room for these other things, which we know are good, right? We need this rest. We need scripture. We need study. We need all of these things. But maybe we need to simplify our lives. Uh, again, uh, families, we tend to have our kids in 18 different things. Now, they may not even want to be in all 18, but they're in 18 things. And so that adds a level of complexity to our week, does it not? And so you may decide as a family, hey, we just need to focus on, I I know you love this particular thing. Let's focus on it. Or let's focus on a couple of things instead of six. And so simplify your life. Number seven, play and recreation. You see this, church. All this whole list is not, hey, you need to work and you need to do more all the time and burn yourself out like we've been talking about. Part of the rule of life is to have a time of play and recreation. Anybody do that pretty well? Work hard, play hard, right? That's a Heartland Honda uh, thing where I come from. Work hard, play hard. Play and recreation, that you make time, again, for play and recreation, that God created a world that is beautiful for you to explore. Uh, So many things that God has created that are blessings to all of us, and if all we're doing is identifying with work, focusing on that, we don't get to experience this. And so you miss out, again, on so many things um, uh, here if you don't intentionally focus on play and recreation. So you need to do that. Number eight, service and mission. You understand it's important to serve. Do you, do you understand it's important to to give, to focus on other people? Uh, does Scripture tell you to do that, church? Um, some of you may be concerned that I haven't read as many Scriptures as I usually do today. All of these things are, you know, Scripture-backed uh, here, uh, that, that you want a time uh, to serve others. That's what it's about. You know, the uh, the two main things that you got to do is love God and love each other. So you serve one another, do you not? Number nine... You need to care for your physical body. Nobody wants to hear that. Let's go to 10. (laughs) We've talked about that enough. I won't won't go into that anymore. We know the the benefits of that. Number 10 is emotional health. Uh, Men probably aren't nearly as good at this as women, okay? You need to work on your emotional health to make sure you're emotionally healthy. Um, And you can see here, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality is the name of his book. And so you need to focus on your emotional health. So what does that look like? Maybe that looks like you're talking to a friend uh, just to be able to get things out there. Maybe you're, uh, you're keeping things inside. Uh, that can happen, guys. Again, I'm pointing at you. Uh, we're probably worse at this. Uh, we're, gonna, we're strong. We can take care of it. So I'm going to bottle it up. I'm going to put it down deep inside, and we're never going to touch it again, right? Problem is, once that comes out, it all comes out, right? It's the, I'm going to shove this under the rug, and eventually you walk into someone's house, and you go, what's, what's up with this rug here? Because it's piled high. We want to be emotionally uh, healthy as well. Number 11, family. It might disturb some of you that this is so far down the list, but you need to focus on some family time. Again, we all know the difficulties that workaholism can bring, right? Especially when you look at your family. I'm providing for my family. I'm I'm giving my family all that they need. Well, what about you? Are you there for your family? Are you there to even raise your family? Yeah, providing is a great thing. It is a uh, a thing that Scripture asks you to do. But how much do you need to provide for your family before you're taking yourself out of your family? And so we need to take time to focus on family. Number 12, uh, and I believe the last one, community. Companions for the journey is is what uh, Schizero has here, and this is a focus that again uh, Christians were never meant to walk this walk alone. Uh, I'm going to say that enough to where you start believing it, because we are such we are such an individualized culture. It's about me and what I can accomplish and what I need to do, and it's all kind of me centered, right? And here he's talking about community. Who do I have surrounding me who help me along on my journey? Who help me stay focused? If you work out, you probably need a partner. Some of you aren't aren't wired to just go do it yourself, right? Like I need an accountability partner in so many things. Like I need somebody that when I'm not going or I don't feel kind of like I described Wednesday night, when I don't feel just quite up to it, that somebody will give me the extra push. And you get so much benefit from that, don't you? It's the same thing with with uh, living the Christian life. Uh, As I've mentioned before, there are some days that uh, maybe I'm down and you need to help me, encourage me, and maybe some days that I encourage you. But we're all here for one another. These things all even have health benefits, by the way. It's interesting. There's a uh, there's a group that's done a study on people who live the longest, uh, and studying those people, and uh, uh, what they found out is, a, a, most of them don't live in America, uh, but there is a group who do and live, and they, they were focused on people who live like 100 years. Um, Seventh-day Adventists, on average, live 10 years longer than anyone else, any religious group in the United States. Do you know that? <laughs> 10 years longer. Now, part of it is their diet. They're very restricted, kind of a plant-based thing. But they also have a very strict Sabbath as well, <clears throat> a time where again we focus, we we look at these things. Ten years, isn't that crazy? Um, and I almost shared. They have a beautiful graphic, uh, but part of it is like drink wine at five, and so I, I'm like, well, they not freak out about that. No, it's not four thirty; it's at five for whatever reason. But the benefits of uh, benefits of that as well. I think they have like 12, 13 things that. Uh, they have recognized that really uh, helps helps you uh, in your health. Uh, just a couple things as, as we close. Again, uh, the very bottom one, the Sabbath should continue even during the harvest and planting season. Uh, one of the books I, I recommended or mentioned last week was uh, Subversive Sabbath by A.J. Swoboda, and he talks about this, that in this time that we're talking about, you know, thousands of years ago, About 90% of people's time was focused on growing food, getting food. And to these people, God said, even during your busiest time, take rest. Why is that? Because it's important to everything else. It's important to stop and say, hey, God is in control here. And let God have this. But it's not all about me. I don't have to put all the worry into it. This was not an easy thing for these people because they knew (laughs) they they had to eat, they had to live. Matthew 16 says, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? I want to put this up because I think this can draw our focus away from everything else. that We are trying to attain something, a level that is so high, uh, we want to do so much, we want to exceed, we want to excel, that we're actually chasing this. We're actually chasing the whole world, uh, just like I'm talking about when we're providing for our family. Maybe we're chasing a number and we're actually, what we're actually doing is leaving our family behind. And so are you leaving God behind in all of these things? Uh, the last, uh, I, didn't, I didn't mean to put those in there. I think I missed, a, uh, yeah, I missed a part there, I don't know where it went. That's okay, sometimes that happens. What I want you to do is I want you to read uh, the couple of verses after Exodus 20 verse eight and nine. Uh, because God talks about there how everyone should rest, the land should rest, how even your animals should rest. I know for some of you who have never been uh, taught this, uh, your mindset is, I've always got to work and work hard. This may be very difficult, Uh, but I want you to see in Scripture the benefits of rest. So, if you have been pulled away from God as the center of your life, if you've been Pulled away from growing closer to God in everything that you do, I want to draw you back with this. Uh, I'll make these notes available. If you want them, just let me know. Uh, we'll, get you, we'll get you that list. Uh, but if you if you have any needs this morning, uh, we're going to offer a, a time of invitation. Would you come? We'd love to pray with you as we stand and sing.